Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Now, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Hi, everyone. It is Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com with another edition of the PowerCat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. Kansas State 2-0, Missouri 2-0. The two former rivals will renew this rivalry in Columbia on Saturday morning at 11 a.m. Of course, they hadn't played in about 10 years heading into last year's contest in Manhattan, which was a blowout victory for the Wildcats. It took place in a driving rain that really seemed to help K-State's cause as the game went on. Will this game be different or another K-State blowout? We've got a lot to discuss on today's edition of the pregame podcast. And, of course, we will have our normal cast of characters. The former K-State offensive lineman Brian Hanley will come in with his thoughts on this rivalry and the X's and O's. We'll dive deeper into Missouri with our own Ryan Wallace, who's been doing the scout on the Tigers. And then we'll wrap it all up with Ryan Gilbert from our staff to talk about some of the betting lines, some of the good odds out there. Should you take the over, the under, the spread? Gilbert will have all of his thoughts on that. Once again, it is an 11 a.m. game in Columbia. It is on the SEC Network. And if you don't have the SEC Network, you need to find a way to watch it. This game isn't on any other ESPN platform, including ESPN+. Plus. It is exclusively on the SEC Network, so make sure you pre-check your cable or streaming options to make sure you have access to it. But it's going to be a fun day in Columbia with a sellout crowd. Some people think it'll be a lot of K-Staters, like half, and I think that's a little bit uh, over-optimistic, but I know that thousands upon thousands of purple people will be in Columbia for a game that, honestly, a lot of us miss from the old Big 8 and Big 12 days. 
Once again, before we get going, we're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. K-State fans, visit the Robbins Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat location on Anderson Avenue in Manhattan for an exciting test drive. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the Powercat pregame podcast. And let's stop messing around and let's bring in Brian Hanley. And there he is, Mr. Brian Hanley, the former Kansas State offensive lineman and uh, my advisor on podcast equipment. Uh, Brian, <laughs> I, I have a new Sure microphone because I had Sure Envy. Yeah, those are nice, man. They're nice. I, I like it. <laughs> I know. It, I used it on our regular podcast yesterday, and I'm like, I can actually tell the difference because every little noise I make, this damn mic picks up. Yes. So it's incredible. <laughs> Let's get on to a very, very important football game for two football programs, uh, a non-conference game, sadly, because it is Missouri and Kansas State, two teams that should be in the same conference but aren't because those are the times in which we live. Um, and uh, let's start with the bigger picture. Uh, Missouri makes more money in the SEC. They uh, you know, they play a kind of a fun schedule. I mean, I had a Missouri mm -hmm. fan tell me that, you know, they're not going to Waco and Lubbock. They're, you know, going to Knoxville and places like that. And I'm like, well, that's, that's valid. And Missouri is connected to the rest of the SEC, but overall, has this been a good move for Missouri football and Missouri athletics? Um, I don't know. I mean, look, the first two years, and that's what Missouri fans point to. They had a lot of success. But if you actually just take a little bit of a dive into that, Florida was down. Right. Tennessee was down. Georgia was down. All these schools were down. And Missouri was good. I mean, you got to give them credit. But then since that time period, I mean, I, I mean, people have passed. Tennessee has passed them. Uh, Kentucky has passed them. Florida, I don't know if Florida's passed them. They, I, Florida's kind of regressed. But Georgia clearly has passed them. Um, so just in that division, I don't know if it's a great move for them or not. Uh, I know a lot of Missouri fans are say we're it's SEC and they pound their chest about it. And I'm like, but if you're Arkansas, do you pound your chest about the SEC when you never, ever win? I mean, what difference does it make? And yeah. I'm not one of those guys that says, Oh, I love our conference. I love the conference. Yay. Yay. I'm like, how does that help me? We right. didn't win it. So if we're not winning it, that what difference does it make? So the money-wise, yes, it, it's good for Missouri. As far as on the playing surfaces, I don't think so. Well, I would point out that those first two seasons, uh, they still had their feet in Texas recruiting. I yes. Mean, it, it, they've kind of uprooted from what they had been able to do in the Big 12 with building rosters and moved away from it. And um, Look, I, I'm all in on the SEC if you're competitive. I'm all in on the Big Ten if you're competitive. Well, I mean, you and I could put together a team right now and be competitive <laughs> outside of the top few teams in that conference. But uh, I, I get it. The money's great, but I don't think it's been good, and they have lost some traditional rivalries. And this is why I love having this game. Yeah. This game means something on the non-conference schedule at a level that, um, you know, a Washington State or a Rutgers, the two future opponents – um, or even, you know, looking back at some of the ones they've had recently, this absolutely means something to the fan bases. It's sold out. It's the first non-conference game, apparently, in 10 seasons that's been sold out uh, by Missouri. It's the first sellout in about five years, I think. 
this game has importance to these fan bases, and you were part of it uh, back in the Big 12 in 97 and 98. Give me your overall thoughts on the importance of this rivalry to these schools. I think it's big, uh, not just for recruiting purposes, because, you know, Kansas City is fertile recruiting grounds. I'm not saying it's Florida or Texas or anything like that, but Kansas City puts out good football players. Uh, and Kansas and Kansas State used to dive in there. And before, we used to get whoever we wanted out of Kansas City and St. Louis. The tides have changed. And Missouri right. has kind of taken that over. Uh, I think it's coming back. I think K-State is battling, uh, which is good. So in that aspect, this game is huge. Um, as far as the rivalry itself, I think they got to keep it going. Now, obviously, you know, conference games, not con- all that stuff gets scheduled out 100 years in advance, so I understand all that. But I think it would be great if they kept playing each other. Uh, it's fierce rivalry. Um, neither one thinks that the other is better, which that's the whole thing that makes a rivalry. You know, um, I know Missouri fans think that they are a better program than K-State. I know that for an absolute fact. I got too many Missouri friends that that's all they point to. But what they usually point to is stuff that happened before any of us were born. Right. You know, and that's what they point to. <laughs> so, but I, I just think it's great. I think it's great. I mean, that Kansas City, I mean, if they played in Kansas City, I think it would be awesome if incredible. they somehow could get a neutral game in Kansas City. I think it would be incredible. Yeah, I think that I love having this series back. Um, I, I, I wish they would extend it. I know Kansas State has some fresh openings now in its non-conference, but I doubt Missouri does. Let's dig into the Tigers a little bit and start with quarterback Brady Cook. Y- you know, there's a general displeasure that I sense from Missouri fans about their quarterback play, and I've seen it, and I, I kind of get it. But now I'm looking at his stats. Okay, he's completed 77.5% of his passes this season. (laughs) He has three TDs and no interceptions. His quarterback rating is 181. Uh, He's, you know, thrown for, uh, you know, I don't know, 180 yards a game or something. It's 185. It's Look, his stats don't point to a bad quarterback. Right. And, And yet there's something lacking about him that I can't quite grasp he had one of the three interceptions last year in manhattan in miserable conditions i i kind of discount all those interceptions because of the conditions but he uh he just doesn't quite have that thing that great quarterbacks have and i i don't want to put it all on him but he he seems to be part of the problem with missouri's offense yeah i, I mean it's weird you know it's just what you said the stats don't point to him being bad uh, now, some of that early in the season is inferior competition uh, that has helped out with that. Uh, but I don't know. I, I just when you look at him and you go out and you see it, it doesn't scream to you great quarterback play yeah. or even really good quarterback play. It just doesn't stand out like that. Um but we'll see. I mean, a lot of things could change in a year. Maybe the guy got a lot better. I know that he was hurt a lot last year. Um, but we'll see what happens. I, I just, you know, the quarterback, it's, it's just what you said. I, I'm, I'm just not sure how good he is based on the competition that they played. I saw last year, and it wasn't good. And I think that's what no. Missouri fans are saying is like, look, we played against some two teams that we should have beat 100 to nothing. And then once we find out and we play somebody that's good, then we're going to revert back to, to last year. 
for K-State fans, hopefully that's the case. Um, but we'll see. I will we'll 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 see. I think they were holding back a lot in those first two games. A lot. Yeah, I I agree. I think they got a little too conservative, maybe against uh their last opponent. Yes. And uh it almost caught up to him. But Luther Burden is very aptly named. He is a burden for all who try to defend him. Great speed, strength. Uh didn't do much in last year's game with K-State. And uh, now all of a sudden uh, is their leading receiver going over 100 a game. Luther Burden, man, they got to keep track of him or he is a dude that can blow this game wide open for Missouri. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year it took him a minute to to get acclimated to college football. You know, sometimes it just happens. It doesn't matter if you're a five-star, two-star, whatever. Sometimes it just takes kids a second to get acclimated to college football, you know, being away from home for the first time, all that kind of stuff. It can take a minute to, to get used to that. Well, it seems like he's figured it out. And I'm just telling K-State fans right now, if they don't have, if we don't have a handle on him, he's going to hurt us bad. He is that type of football player, explosive, fast. He's got good hands. I mean, he's going to be a handful, even if we have him under control. He's going to be a handful. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as many problems as the Missouri offense has had, and Brian, I look at their stats and I'm like, why are you only averaging 29 points a game against this competition? Because the stats seem to point to a more effective offense than it is in reality. And, but this team's about defense. Uh, This team plays great defense. Uh, One thing we know about Missouri under coach Drinkle, which is, is they've, recruited exceptionally well they brought in some dudes and they're fast and physical on defense they're going to give k-state problems and brian you're a former offensive lineman if this line doesn't snap to it um, and play up to the levels at which we expect from them this is going to be a problem i know they're shuffled i don't expect christian duffy to play maybe he will so they'll still have bb out there on the right tackle spot they'll have some guys out of normal position Brother, they got to be better. Yeah, they they absolutely have to be better. Um, if look, and just what I, we talked about previously, um, at some point we got to say, you know what, this is where we're going. This is how we're going to move forward. You can't keep shuffling guys around and build a cohesive unit. It just does not work that way. Not on the offensive line. At, at some point. Okay, guys, this is how we're, we're we're moving forward with the team. This is how the line is moving forward. And to keep – because they're struggling. Let's just call it and say what it is. They're, they're not playing up to their capabilities. And they got to be able to run the football when they want to run the football. That's the key to a lot of stuff. Run it when you want to run the football or when you need to run it. And, you know, the first two games, okay, maybe a little bit, but not so much. We'll, we'll see. But against Missouri, you're going to, have to be able to do that because Missouri's got some big athletic guys that they're not going to let you just push them around. They're not going to do that. You're going to have to physically overpower them to get the ball where you're trying to do in the in the pass game or in the run game as well. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but the line's got to get it together. they got to get going. Absolutely. Did Troy put things on um, video for others to kind of follow on how they – they did accomplish making K-State mostly one-dimensional. They bottled up the run game. 
to a degree. It wasn't smothered. They still ran the ball for, you know, a decent amount of yardage, but they didn't really have a lot of, you know, key running plays in the game. It was done through the air. Did Detroit put a blueprint out there for Missouri and others to follow? I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily the blueprint, but I know it was a good plan because the first 10 snaps of the game, they blitzed. They put a bunch of guys at the line in the box and they blitzed, whether it was a passing down or not, they were coming. And, you know, if if that's going to be the case and they're basically saying, we're going to make you beat us through the air. Well, case they did that. Yep. So, but that doesn't matter. You still have to be able to run the football. You got to be able to run it. Even if somebody's trying to make you one dimensional, you got to find a way. I'm not saying you have to run the ball for 10, 12 yards of carry, but you got to be able to, to, to crank out three or four yards. Uh, so if that's going to be the blueprint, hey, maybe you just say, you know what? If you're going to put that many people up there, we're going to throw the football and back you up. And right. if they don't back up, just keep throwing it. I go, but sooner or later they'll back up because the chunk plays will start to happen and teams can't recover from that. If you constantly have chunk plays, they can't recover from that. So they'll back up a little bit. Then you can run the football. And it might be, you know, a lot of people, hey, you run the ball to throw it. Sometimes you got to throw it to run it. And that might be what K-State needs to do. They just, we discussed this on the Insiders on Monday. They brought Keegan Johnson in for his first snaps in the second half of that game. I I think they're kind of nursing along a hamstring issue that he brought with him from Iowa that was re-aggravated late in fall camp, right before that, I think it was game prep for SEMO. They're being very careful with it. They don't want it to be um, an ongoing issue all season long, uh, but he's got to play. I mean, we saw it against um, – Troy, once they put him on the field, he kind of changes the mathematics of what Troy could do because he's so elusive and with good hands. He's a difference maker. Does it work to their advantage if he can stay healthy that there's not much on film about how K-State wants to use Keegan Johnson in the passing game? I, I mean, first off, you're 100% right. He's got to play. Uh, and it changes, to me, everything. Just having a dynamic weapon out there that you can get the ball to that can beat – one-on-one press coverage, whatever kind of coverage out there, he's just got to be out there. Now that's not saying that everybody else is chopped liver. I'm just saying you got to have, look, this is going to be a good, good football game. Missouri, I think is better than what a lot of people think that they are based on last year. I know their coaching is bad. Let's just call it what it is. Their coaching is bad, but the players are still the players. They have pride. They understand what happened last year. They put everything into this football game. So uh, to have one of your key weapons out there, even if it's 80, 85%, he's got to be out there. He's got to be out there. Yep. And going back and tying those two topics together, another thing Troy's defense put on film for everyone was Ben Sennett was the featured player of their scout. They did not want Ben Sennett getting free downfield. They bracketed him. He had, you know, only a couple targets on the day. It was effective. We asked him about it on Tuesday, and he said, look, if, if they want to commit those kind of resources to stopping me, that'll only help other guys. I'm fine with it. But you, you kind of could tell Will Howard, without Ben Sennett being available, made him a little uncomfortable, and I think a lot of teams are going to try to do the same. Yeah, and that's the maturation process right. for for Will is to understand what's going on. 
and there was a couple of forced throws. Look, if the guy's not open, he's just not open. Right. If they're taking him away, then the other guy's got to be free. And they were. So you just got to throw them the football. Um, if I was a defense, that's what I would do. I would absolutely take him away and make him go somewhere else and prove that those other guys can beat us. I would take him away. And Troy did that. Uh, other teams, I believe, are going to do the same thing. But it's also on Colin Klein to devise ways to get him open regardless of what defense that they're doing because that's what good offensive coordinators do. You got away. You're telling me people don't bracket and tra double-team Travis Kelsey? Absolutely. But somehow he still gets wide open, not just open, wide open. So there are there's ways that they can devise plays for him to get open. So, uh, And again, second game of the year, not wanting to show too much. I, I, I got to believe that those things are out there, and, and this game will be a game that we throw it out. One more topic before I let you go. Return game hasn't done much so far this season against two opponents where you typically would think maybe they would have some success because of, you know, the overall depth of rosters. Are you concerned at all about special teams at this point? Um, I don't know that I'm concerned, but I, I think it's a, a point to where we've got to say, I think we can be better. Right. I think K-State can be better. Look, I mean, for 30 years, we've been known as special teams you. I don't care what anybody else says anywhere else. Kansas State has owned special teams for the last 30 years. But we didn't haven't done it here lately. A block punt, uh, a return. And, and I'm not so much into you have to return it for a touchdown or anything like that. I'm just saying, hey, we get a kick return. Let's own the field position battle. Let's let's return a kick 30 yards, you know, a, a punt 30 yards, something like that. We haven't done anything like that uh, yet, not to significance. So, yes, it can help, but I think K-State's just got to be better at it. I would agree. I think they'll pull it together, but it's been a little, you know, uncharacteristic to watch K-State yeah. not make plays in special teams. We have seen a field goal. We've seen some pretty decent kickoff coverage and also the punting has been pretty good but you know k-state every turn game has always been the x factor going way back brian handley thank you so much we will reconvene on monday with the rest of the insiders cast to talk about this game and everything else that happened in big 12 and college football on monday afternoon all right i appreciate it that's it for this first segment of the power cap pregame podcast sponsored by robbins motor company on the other side, Ryan Wallace awaits for an even more breakdown of the Missouri Tigers on the PowerCat pregame podcast. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. Rather than looking at multiple programs to help your child in different subjects, one subscription gets you everything with IXL Learning, and all the kids in your home work off one 
sight from pre-K to 12th grade. If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now, and listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com IXLAV. Visit IXL.com IXLAV to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Welcome back to the PowerCat Pre-Game Podcast. We thank Brian Hanley for his weekly indulgence here with us as he breaks down a few of the things about Missouri that jump out and also his memories of playing Missouri. And now we have Mr. Ryan Wallace. You can see him on your screen if you're watching on YouTube. We're sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. The dedicated team of automotive professionals at Robbins Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Fiat will match you with a vehicle that suits your lifestyle and budget. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast. If they add one more line of cars, I'm, <laughs> I'm not getting through that read. Uh, Wally, I'm intrigued by this game. Last year was an easy win for K-State. The Wildcats got up. The weather turned south, um, but it sounds like in your research, it might not have just been weather related. This Missouri team, if you get them down, they're down. It's really interesting. I went back. Uh, I was present at that game. Me and my wife decided to go up for that one, and I, I didn't remember much of it, and that had nothing to do with me being a fan and taking in the festivities beforehand. Mm. That was their delay and, like, we left, you know, the game was kind of got out of hand. We were tired of getting wet. We went in and left early for the game to Aggieville. So I remember Kansas State playing well, but I really wanted to go back and watch the game. And so I went back and I rewatched and I went back and I re-listened to this show heading into the Missouri game. And by golly, Fitz, you could you could have just clipped that show and put it for today because it's it, we were saying the same things that I feel like we're going to say today, which was uh, a, an offensive line that's a little shaky, a quarterback that and Brady Cook that doesn't really look like he's going to beat you. If that sounds like last week, it, it it's because it does. Gunnar Watson, Brady Cook, I mean, they're they're guys that you feel like would probably lose you games before they can win you games. And it's, again, a lot of skill position players that look good on paper, but have just never seemed to materialize in Columbia under Eli Drinkwitz. So, uh, again, going back and watching that game, Kansas State looked like the more complete team. They look like the more motivated and fundamentally sound team. And as we head into this Saturday morning, I don't see any real reason to think that that will change. Yeah, I I don't even know that the game being in Columbia is going to make a difference mm-hmm. because I, I think there's going to be enough K-Staters there that it won't entirely sound like a home game. But I also think that uh, either this game's competitive at, hat- at halftime and it'll go down to the wire or K-State will get up two, three scores and Missouri will just say, okay, we're going to lose again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at the stats that you were alluding to earlier, um, this is a team that – isn't really built when I say a team, I mean, referencing Missouri, that's not really built for a comeback because they just don't do it. Uh, I, I wrote on go power cat uh, earlier this week that playing from behind isn't something that they do well. Cause they just don't ever seem to come back. Uh, last season, the tigers outscored uh, were outscored in the fourth quarter, 104 to 60. And over the past two years, Missouri is one in nine in games that they trailed at the half. And they are one in 12 in games that they trailed when entering 
the fourth quarter and the lone win required overtime and the lone win did not have Brady Cook at quarterback. <laughs> so again, like this is a team that is just not structured that way and fits. And I know you agree with me on this. Uh, this is a trickle down thing that starts at the top. It's a cultural right. thing. It's a foundational thing. It's the way that they recruit and then the way that they aren't developing guys. And again, motivating guys to overcome adversity. And you definitely see the differences between a Chris Kleiman led team and what K-State has done under him and Eli Drinkwitz and what the Missouri Tigers have not done under him. Yeah, it's amazing to me um, the struggles they have. And, I, and it does come from the top. It, it absolutely does. I, I'm a big believer if you coach on emotion, that's what you get from your players. You get these ups and downs. So you get these swings in performance when you hit the right notes emotionally or, you know, they're just down for that game. You just, but if you prepare on, you know, fundamentals and those type of things, you're going to be in pretty good shape for the most part. What What's up with Cook? I You look at his stats, they're good. They're fine. There's nothing wrong with his stats, particularly through these first two games. But it's not there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just don't see him performing at very high levels. He is what he is. I mean, that's the best way that I can describe it. Because, again, when I went back and watched the tape of last year, uh, and, and even the games this year, when you watch against South Dakota and Middle Tennessee, he can move the ball with his feet. And, and I, you know, he, he's definitely a quarterback that can keep you honest. He did it to K-State at times last year in the rain. But when you talk about him as a passer, he is what he is. He uh, doesn't have a, a big, a strong arm. And you'll hear Missouri fans talk on and on about it. And, and they're right because he underthrows. He has the skill guys. Luther Burden, especially the former five-star. Theo Weiss now from Oklahoma, another former five-star that he's underthrown numerous times already this season. He doesn't have the arm strength. Um, even in the inter- intermediate routes, he's overthrowing guys. The accuracy just isn't there. And for me, Fitz, it's kind of what K-State saw with Adrian Martinez last year. He is what he is. Um, and I think, again, when you look top down, I- I'm not sure that Eli Drinkwitz is doing him any favors because he's still trying to put, you know, a, uh, what is it? A square peg into a circle hole. I mean, it just, it isn't working. And Eli Drinkowitz, the personality and the attitude and the mentality he has, isn't one to, uh, to change. He's kind of stuck in his ways. And uh, again, I think Kansas state fans know that all too well. we we saw that for a handful of years here in the mid two thousands. Yeah. It, it, it's not because my plan didn't work. Uh, it, my plan's right. great. Um, <laughs> that's, that was a mentality that was, pretty prevalent around here fits, fits they're calling him I, a lot of resources with missouri and that's what's great yeah. going into this game is there's all sorts of podcasts and blogs that i was able to yeah. tap into uh i i laughed out loud at this one they're starting there's a, a, a faction of fans anyway starting to call him konzowitz which is referencing Quanzo Martin and the ineptitude that Missouri basketball had. That is what K-State is walking into. That is what Missouri has themselves kind of back against the wall. We're going to figure out a lot about this Tiger team because, yeah. again, uh, the, the Boo Birds are out heavy for Eli Drinkwitz right now. Yeah, and losing to K-State at home won't help. Losing big to K-State at home may not be something short of um, you know, having a huge season in the SEC that he can get out of. I just feel mm-hmm. like um, this is a huge game for him and his program. And Wally, I don't think he fully realizes it. I, I just no. think he's so aloof about everything that he doesn't 
get it. But you mentioned the receivers. They've got talent. They should be better than they are. And that's the thing is if if those guys get going and somehow Cook gets comfortable, it's a big threat. There's no doubt that they have the horses that can outrun K-State. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, and I mean, Luther Burden is obviously the the most dangerous man that K-State will, will want to mark. But again, uh, I get the feeling that Chris Kleiman and Joe Klanderman will they're not going to overemphasize Luther Burden. They might put some help over the top on just him, but at the same time, I think that's because they don't fear Brady Cook doing anything to anyone else. Right now, Luther Burden has been the bright spot, I think, for this offense when they can get him the ball. 8.4 yards after catch per reception. So, um, you know, he's only like 5'11", uh, but just incredibly fast and very sturdy for his frame where he's able to break tackles. Uh, again, the biggest problem goes back on offense to um, – I think Eli Drinkwitz, A, we'll start with receivers besides Burden, leaning, I think, on guys that look good on paper um, but just haven't really proven themselves. Uh, he hasn't dipped in. We Josh Manning is a kid that I think right now would be seeing the field had he chosen Kansas State last summer. Instead, he goes to Missouri for uh, a litany of reasons, um, and it, he seems like a guy that should be getting more time on the field, and he isn't, and instead they're turning to a Theo Weiss that's a former five-star that probably should be doing more but isn't, Mookie Cooper, uh, an Ohio State transfer that was a heralded recruit that has now been at Missouri for two to three years and has, again, ha just hasn't developed. Nothing's there. Um, and then the bigger problem, though, besides Brady Cook, is this offensive line. And Eli Drinkwitz touched on it in his press conference this week that uh, there probably is going to be a shakeup for uh, the offensive line heading into Kansas State. Uh, the right guard position was one that he specifically called out as having issues that need to be addressed. It sounds like Marcellus Johnson, who's an Eastern Michigan transfer that has been a backup. They've been starting Cameron Johnson, uh, who is a Houston transfer there, but he is penalty prone beyond belief. And so it sounds like they might go a different direction there. Armand Mimbo is a kid out of Lee Summit North at K-State recruited heavy. He ends up picking Missouri and fits. He's a natural guard. I mean, that's what he does best. And of course, Missouri's playing him at right tackle this year. Um, and that's because a, I think they're doing a poor job of developing, not recruiting that position well. And they're like, well, Armand's the best guy we got. Let's throw him over there. And it's been kind of up and down for Armand this year. So uh, again, I think that's an area that even without Felix Anudike Uzama, that's an area that I think we'll see Khalid Duke, um, Nate Matlack, Brendan Mott, that all those guys, uh, Uso should should thrive in this game uh, against just an offensive line that's not playing with a lot of confidence. And, you know, again, that kind of trickles back to the quarterback and the receivers and everything else. The, the offense for Missouri has really been, I think, the problem to this point, which again is funny because that was supposed to be Eli Drinkwitz's strong suit. Yes, indeed. Let's flip it over now and look at that defense for Missouri, which has been good. The offense for K-State struggled at times against Troy. Troy had a great game plan. Uh, I'm not sure Missouri will try to duplicate that game plan because that doesn't seem like their style um, <laughs> to, to look at something that works and things that someone thought of something else. But um, this defense can give K-State trouble, can't it? Oh, yeah, no doubt. And they bring back uh, virtually everybody. Um, defensive end, kind of like K-State, one of their their best pass rushers is is 
gone and they've had to replace him uh, and they've tried to slide out uh, a defensive tackle out to that end Robinson um, which it sounds like fans again are kind of hollering for them to move him back inside because uh, he's strong against the run but obviously at his size he's a natural defensive tackle isn't getting near the pass rush that they saw him get from the interior last year. So uh, nevertheless, still a very strong, I think, front seven. Tyron Hopper is a guy that played pretty good in that rain soap game last year. And I think in better conditions and a year more seasoned uh, and especially a year more into the defensive philosophy, having transferred from Florida, I think you'll see him thrive. And uh, the secondary is very good. Um, not quite as active, I think, or as ball hungry as you saw from Troy a week ago, but uh, probably better and stickier in coverage. So this will be a, uh, I, I will go ahead go out on a limb and say this will be the best test that the K-State offense has seen to this point. And uh, again, Fitz, we've talked about it off air leading up to this game, but it, it's very, very interesting uh, what Kansas State will decide to do, uh, not only at the start, but as the game progresses at right tackle. Will we continue to see Carver Willis? Will we see Cooper Beebe start there right off the bat? Uh, and then how does whatever choice and whatever direction they go at right tackle affect the rest of the line? Uh, the line's been good for the most part, the starters yeah. anyway. Have, have held their own for the most part outside of Willis. Uh, but this will no doubt be their strongest test. They'll have to have great communication. Uh, and I will also say this fits, and I'm sorry if I'm stepping on your toes if you're about to lead into anything along these lines from an offensive scheme standpoint or strategy standpoint. Watching what Adrian Martinez was able to do in the game last year, this certainly feels like a great opportunity for Kansas State uh, to give Avery Johnson some run uh, in yeah. certain scenarios. And I literally mean run. Uh, you know, maybe you use him to catch a, uh, the defense off guard here and there with his arm. But seeing uh, what Missouri was able to generate along the defensive line last year, uh, you know, Will Howard's good. He's gotten a lot better at feeling the pocket out. But he's not nearly as dynamic as Adrian Martinez was or as Avery Johnson is. This would be a great opportunity to really get Avery in there, shake up the defense, keep him honest, uh, and, and again, just throw a wrinkle into uh, what Missouri has to prepare for. That's a great point. I hadn't really thought about it. This is a game that Avery could make a difference with. He's a great athlete. You want your best athletes on the field? Well, you got to find a way to get him out there. Right. If they're not going to redshirt him, I think we'll get an indication of it in this game because I, I do mm -hmm. think they'll find a role for him in it. Um, how does this game play out? How do you think this game displays itself over the four quarters? I think that it will be competitive off the bat just because, again, you're facing a Missouri team, whether it be from the coaching staff or the locker room, everything about this program feels like it's got its back against the wall. I think that they will have some added juice to knowing what happened uh, in the game in Manhattan last year. So I don't see them coming out and laying flat. I feel like it will be similar to what we saw last week against Troy. Uh, I don't know if you're going to see – as we saw with Troy, Missouri generate a ton of offense. They might catch K-State off guard early. Uh, they had a pretty good opening drive, if I remember, last year that ended with a field goal. Um, you know, maybe they they take the ball all the way down and and score early, and they're they're amped and the crowd's into it. But uh, overall, I again, I feel like it will be similar to last week. I I 
I go back and forth fits on whether this is going to be like some 20 plus point win or like a seven point win. But either way, I, I still feel strongly that K-State is just mentally more prepared for whatever is going to be thrown at them. Uh, and they're just the more complete team. And I think you look at the points for the points against the margin that K-State has right now is they're plus 74 on the season. Missouri is plus 29. Uh, and that's the the only teams lower right now in the SEC are South Carolina and Texas A&M. Uh, so again, it, it tells me that I can't put a lot of confidence in a team right now in Missouri that is built, you know, on possibilities and potential. I'm, I'm going to go with the thing that's more proven right. and that's K-State. That's, that's where I have them right now. So I, again, like last year, I, I feel like it will be competitive probably early on. K-State will probably pull away either right before the half or right after half. And you're going to see Missouri do what they tend to always do, which is kind of throw the towel in, so to speak. Yep. Turnovers, penalties, you know, bad special teams, those things, if K-State does any of that, they're going to make this game much more competitive. If K-State handles those areas, Wally, I think this could turn into a blowout. Early third quarter, just K-State running away with this thing. But I, I at the end of the day, I expect this to be a one-score outcome. I expect mm-hmm. it to be a great college football game. But I agree with you. I think K-State is the better team and will prevail. Yeah, and the last point for me, and I think uh... – your old friend, our old colleague at Rivals, Gabe DeArmond, I was listening to his show, and he brought up a great point, which was, you know, Missouri has to play at least a B-plus game. Right. And then, depending on that, also would require, you know, K-State to play down. Uh, and, and on top of that, he even mentioned, too, that, you know, if you're going to play a B-plus game and not an A game, you're probably going to have to get a defensive score, some kind of turnover, a special team score. Again, Fitz, just not things that the history books and the resume and the blueprint have shown that Missouri has been able to do, whereas K-State often does that, whether it be at home or on the road. So again, I'm with you, Fitz. I I like K-State in this one yet again. And that's why we have Ryan Wallace on the show. He does what I never did in college. That's homework. And uh, he (laughs) delivers, (laughs) delivers the goods. Wally, appreciate it very much. Thanks, Fitz. That's it for this segment of the Powercat pregame podcast sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. Ryan Gilbert is in the wings waiting to come in and talk about your betting lines for the weekend. Not a great slate of games around the Big 12, but there is a backyard brawl that caught my interest. We'll be right back. GoPowerCat.com's Powercat podcast continues after this short break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back to the Power Cat Podcast. Welcome back to the Powercat pregame podcast. Two sections of this wonderful showdown. One more to go, and we're going to talk betting lines, odds, all the good stuff for all those fellow deviants out there. 
Mm, you degenerates are my kind of people. Also, my kind of people are the folks at Robbins Motor Company, where they strive to earn lifetime business and build relationships selling quality cars, trucks, vans, SUVs, and offering top-notch parts and service. Robbins Motor Company, title sponsor of the PowerCat pregame podcast, and I can vouch for top-notch service as the Durango just was in the shop and out of the shop. And speaking of a guy that needs to go into the shop, Ryan Gilbert joins us. How did you, you like that intro, Gills? Good. That was great. Okay. I'll be in the okay. shop if you need me. Okay. Um, not a great slate of games this week around the Big 12, but I did my best in picking the games that may, mean the most to me. I mean, it's about me. I get emotional talking about this, but I'm a great gambler. <clears throat> That's a lie. Let's get started. Um, I, I don't know why I'm intrigued with this game. Maybe because Michael Smith, former Kansas State coach and receiver, is at South Alabama. They are only a touchdown underdog at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is bad. I think South Alabama might give them a scare here. Agreed. I agree with you, Fitz. And I think this line really is reflective of where this Oklahoma State program is at right now. I think you touched on that on the, the questions podcast yesterday. Only a touchdown against South Alabama. You would think that that's crazy, but with Oklahoma State's quarterback situation, all the uncertainty there, um, South Alabama is a respective program. Won 10 games last year, obviously suffered a, a loss in the bowl game. But um, I think really this speaks to where – Oklahoma State might be at right now. This isn't the same Mike Gundy that we've seen in years past, but I would lean, you know, South Alabama. But at the same time, seven points is really small. So I like, you know, I like South Alabama just because of the issues Oklahoma State is having right now. But I mean, is it is it too good to be true? Was always the question that you got to ask yourself, right? With with Oklahoma State, I agree. I agree. Here's another, I think, an odd line. BYU is only an eight-point underdog at Arkansas, and I don't think BYU's looked that good this year. I think BYU's looked fine. The defense has looked great. The offense has not looked good for BYU. And so when you've only given up 16 points on the entire season, you're going to get some respect from Vegas. Um, and that's why I do lean BYU here. Uh, this is an underrated game. I like those graphics you have up there, Fitz. Those I'm are fancy. nice. That's a, I'm fancy. a really nice touch on this. But um, – Coming off of, uh, you know, a couple of good defensive games, I like BYU to keep this game close. I don't know if they can pull off the upset, but to keep it close and to cover the spread, I think is manageable just because you're you're probably looking at a lower scoring game just with how good the defense has been. So I get it. I agree with you. BYU hasn't looked great this season, but, you know, maybe this is the game where they come out of their shell. We always talk about, you know, with Kansas State, you know, really unleashing the playbook. And so the first couple of games, we'll see how those – um, can reflect how this BYU team can be moving forward. So to cover the spread, I think is fine. This this line has actually moved in favor um, of BYU a couple points over the last couple of days. So there is some respect from Vegas just with that defense. I think. What does this say about the SEC if BYU goes in there and wins? Yeah, yeah, good I mean, point. I, I BYU is. I'm sorry, it's considered one of the lesser teams in the Big 12 right now, and this spread just astonishes me. I trust Vegas understanding these teams more than a lot of the sports outlets that seem to just be so SEC heavy. Here's my favorite game of the week that doesn't involve K-State. Pitt and West Virginia had slipped into a pick'em. I like pick'ems because you know what I get to do? Pick'em. 
I'm picking West Virginia. I think Pitt stinks. Plus, Pitt fans tell me they don't want to be in the Big 12, so they double stink. What are your thoughts on this one? Don't disrespect my people of Pittsburgh like that. Come on. They're not the Steelers. Uh, These are the Panthers. Okay. Big difference, right? They share the same same stadium, but I'm actually going to disagree with you. Um, West Virginia hasn't shown me much this year, whereas um, Pittsburgh has played a good game against Cincinnati last week. And so West Virginia obviously is coming off of a – a blowout win over Duquesne, but I think the story of that game was just how bad Duquesne was. West Virginia, after the loss in week one, came out and had a, um, a, a punt that was a fumbled punt that, you know, the punt, the, the, the ball ran into one of the West West Virginia players, if that makes sense. I don't know how to describe that. And so they didn't come out focused, right? Yeah. And then the next possession was a punt. So West Virginia got down early in that game. I don't think they were very focused. Obviously, they ran away with it and were up by – by four touchdowns at halftime, but I, I lean Pittsburgh in this game. Um, no bias there, but coming into the year, we've talked about Neil Brown and his status. I think his seat's going to continue to get warmer and warmer. That's not going to change on Saturday. I would agree. I'm, I'm a little disturbed. You talked about Neil Brown's seat though. Here we go. The next game up TCU. This game's ugly. TCU is seven and a half point favorite at Houston. Houston just lost to rice. Which I, I I don't understand at all. Um, I don't want to watch this game. How far has TCU fallen? Are we about to find out? Man, Houston's been the team that's, I guess, fallen's not the right word because they were never that high to begin with. But, <clears throat> excuse me, that's the team that's really looked bad this year. Um, you, you can throw out, if, if we wanted to throw out the Week 2 game, you could look at Week 1 and say, oh, they probably won a blowout in week one. No, they barely beat UTSA. And so Houston's look bad. I don't care if you want to bet TCU. That's fine. I would not touch Houston in this game um, just because TCU's shown some life. And maybe that Colorado loss, looking back at it, as we've seen the the Buffaloes play a few games now, that loss doesn't look so bad. And so Houston's been terrible. I can't place any money on them. If you're going to le- if you're going to go one way here, it's got to be TCU. I just don't get how you can, how you can bet Houston. If you want to go TCU, maybe go seven instead of seven and a half and buy that half point, but don't touch Houston in my opinion. No, I, that's just good life advice. Touch Houston, (laughs) Iowa state minus three at Ohio, Iowa state minus three at Ohio, Iowa state's only a three point favorite at a Mac school. I put this up for entertainment value. I, what is going on in Ames? Do they even cover this? I don't know. I don't know why you I picked this either. one, Fitz. I, I thought it was bad enough you picked TCU and Houston as a game we had to talk about, and now this one. But I know. the under this, the under intrigues me here. Iowa State, the total has gone under nine of its last ten games. As for Ohio, the total has gone under six of its last seven games. I get it. That 42.5 is very low, but it's that low for a reason, and so – Fitz, I don't want to tell you who's going to win or lose this game. You would hope Iowa State just because it's against Ohio. But the under here, expect a very boring game with not a lot of points. Okay. I've been trying to put in the K-State. It doesn't want to put the K-State little banner in. Okay. I don't. That's it then. We're done? No, we're not done. I, I just needed to show up. This is like the fourth time I've typed it. I typed it before we started. You know what, Gills? I sometimes think – technology just messes with the elderly just just torments us 
boom, I win. There you go. Good job. Looks great. I, was, I wasn't clicking the right things because technology and I'm old. K-State minus four and a half at Mizzou. Now, right before we recorded this, and of course, this is all according to Caesars, which is the sports book of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports, both of our affiliates here. And this moved to five um, just this afternoon. Okay, I didn't see that. Okay, But uh, we've been picking four and a half uh, on everything else. So let's go with the four and a half. I feel like this will be a much more competitive game than last year. Of course, I'll have my pick on the pregame uh, or in, before pregame I, with my five keys to victory. Um, but I think this is going to be a close game. I still think K-State covers, but I do not agree with a lot of people that think this will be a blowout. I'm glad you mentioned the line movement to five on Caesars because that was going to be my first point. Just all of the money right now. You can look at the numbers. They're there. It's it's flooding in on Kansas State. I saw one book. That wasn't Caesars. It had, I think, 93% of all bets for the spread on Kansas State. So K-State, the the public loves them, and Vegas isn't budging. Obviously, they're going to move at a half a point, but they're going to keep this line, you know, relatively near four and a half or five, whatever it may be, because there is a belief. I'm, I'm probably sure that that's more of a metrics and a numbers thing than anything. But, you know, why is that? I think the reason is Mizzou's talent, the star power on the Tigers team, I think where K-State gains an edge, though, in this game and why people are betting on Kansas State is the coaching, the state of the programs. Mizzou's coming off of a 6-6 six and six season with a bowl loss. And then Kansas State, of course, coming off of a Big 12 championship. So I'm, I'm actually going to disagree with you, Fitz. I think K-State's going to win by a couple touchdowns. And that's not a homer pick or anything, right? I picked Kansas State to no. not cover – in its first two games of the season, there's going to be a lot of purple in Columbia. I know you guys will be there and, and bring us all the coverage. I just, I think K-State's ready for this one. I get it. The, the game that happened last year but between these two teams is one you can just throw out because of the weather, the delays. And, you know, Will Howard didn't play in that game. And so the, the quarterback position looks different for Kansas State. But just the way these two teams are playing, man, Um are behind enemy lines is going to go up on Thursday with Dan Keister. He did a good job of breaking down um, the Tigers and Wildcats. Who's he's an, he's a, he's a Mizzou alum and he's also a professor at Kansas state. So he follows both teams very closely. And I'll let you read all that when that's on the website, but he uh, didn't seem too optimistic with Missouri. Now mm. I, I sure. I think Mizzou could win this game. I'm not going to write it off, but, I think there's a lot more reasons to believe in Kansas State in this game than Mizzou. And, of course, the public betting on K-State. Um, you know, some people love to fade the public. I, I can't do that here. I think K-State wins this game comfortably. Um, now it's, you know, we'll see. Offensive line for Missouri has been bad. The defense, that's the one thing I think Mizzou fans can hold their hats on is the defense in this game that Mizzou does bring. They've been very respectable. On offense, though, if you can keep Brady Cook, you know, from from cooking, right? If you can keep him from doing damage on the ground, I think K-State's going to be okay in this game. That's the wisest guy I know. He's the only person I know, apparently. Ryan Gilbert. Ryan, I'm a little concerned. You picked against K-State on the spread uh, the last two weeks that they wouldn't cover the spread. You thought they'd win. Um, and now you're yep. picking them to cover – Yep. I uh, hope I'm not the boy. bad luck charm here this week. I, I mean, usually my gambling – motto to all those who follow along is fade fits i'm, I'm gonna fade gills on that one okay hashtag I, it i don't hashtag it May, maybe it'll catch on it'll be an internet sensation ryan gilbert appreciate it very much go back to whatever you were doing and i'm sure it was important
And that's it for this week's edition of the PowerCat pregame podcast, with one exception. I need to tell you my one thing to keep an eye on throughout the course of this game. And I'm going to go back to the offensive line. I've got so many questions about these guys. They just seem out of sorts without Christian Duffy out there, which I find a little bit curious. But can they perform up to the needed standards to establish a run game at Missouri and protect Will Howard in the process so that he can have plenty of time to throw the ball? I expect Cooper Beebe to spend most of this game at right tackle, meaning Hadley Panzer moves to left guard. And Taylor Portier, who has still not recovered his normal level of play after two seasons missed with knee injuries, needs to start getting back to form. I don't know what they do if they need to move Cooper Beebe back inside because, honestly, Carver Willis has not been a great success. Maybe he'll just come in and relief a few possessions, but they are far, by far better off with Cooper at right tackle for now. When they get Duffy back, expected to be next week for sure. There is a possibility he could go on Saturday in Columbia. They will be back to their normal selves and probably very efficient in protecting Will Howard and running the ball. Remember, we've been sponsored by Robbins Motor Company. I've had such great experiences with Robbins, not only with the sales process, but the service needs of my Dodge Durango that the Go Powercat official vehicle. Make sure you check them out. And I hope you're going to make it to Columbia. Kick off 11 a.m. to old Big 8 foes tangling in a non-conference game one more time. As I said, this is a series I wish would continue, but this will probably be it for many years to come. So that's it for this episode of the Powercat pregame podcast. And remember, I guess I'll see you at Burrow Field if you are going to the game. If you're not going to the game and you're there, I've got questions for you. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.